0: Welcome everyone to a special episode of Kiwi Talks. My guests today are a group of passionate guys who have been working on a special project to compose and edit music for the Saiyan and Namek sagas of Dragon Ball Z in the style of the iconic Falconer Productions soundtrack. Uh, so I'd like to introduce, and I've got to get this right Joseph Halaska, Nick Viscor. Marcelo Zaniga and yeah. Rakeem Darwin. and you guys are known as the Dragon Ball Z Falconer Remix Team. Is that is that the official title? <laughs> uh, that's our moniker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. So uh, the the first thing I'd like to like to ask is how this all came about. How this project uh, came into fruition. Who wants to answer first
1: (laughs) i suppose i will um well it's it's kind of like a a project that um that's been on and off for me that i sort of started and killed and put on a backseat until i met rakeem and rakeem uh he had already had a bit of a resume he showed me he he had several tracks that he painstakingly recreated and uh, he had an original Alesis, he had a full understanding, grasp of the score. I saw what somebody made, I'm like, wait a minute, this guy gets it. And so I'm like, hey, would you ever be interested in composing for the show? Uh, I have this edit I've been trying to make for years, but I've never been able to get a composer to work with me. Um, there have been some failed attempts, but uh, it, it hasn't been until this year till we we really got it off the ground. And then we've really
0: been sort of been building a team of composers mm. and when you say this year you do mean 2021 not 2022 now right <laughs> uh,
1: at the time of this recording <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah this has all been going on throughout the majority of 2021
0: right right okay and so is that from the the beginning of 2021 that this kind yeah. of came came to, uh, wanna... to fruition
1: I want to say it started around May. Okay. Um,
0: around May. May no yeah.
1: it. Right. We re- Sorry. Uh, no, no, no. Rakim and I teamed up and we started with episode 37, actually, which I guess you could say is like the last episode of the Saiyan Saga, or the first episode of the Namek Saga, but the point is it's, it's right in the middle, and we actually, I said, I'm like, this episode is like 90% scored. Would you be able to write in a few cues here and there, put in a couple funny notes here, uh, transition there. Like, do you think you'd be able to do that? And he's like, yeah. Uh, And he put together it masterfully, uh, put the final glue that was missing. And he said, hey, why don't we, would you be willing to do this for 60 more episodes? (laughs) That's kind of of how it it sort of got started because we had such a blast doing that episode.
0: So how do you decide when to use new music and when to use the falconer music for the edit
1: um well uh the first 35 some episodes all have like rough cuts that I've played and toyed around with um and when I play and toy around with them I I find what tracks work and what fit and then sometimes there'll be scenes where I'm like okay like he needs a new theme there needs to be something original here nothing I'm doing is working here this works, but this is like a this is a, from the Majin Boo era, so we can't use it. Um, you know, I, it's just kind of hours of playing around and seeing what works and what doesn't work.
0: Right. So would the rest of you guys chime in at times and be like, "Hey, Marcelo, you've already got to edit here, but why don't we compose something original here instead?"
1: Oh, plenty of times.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, routine, Can you give me an example? I, I, uh, Rakeem uh, was one of the first, first people to suggest that uh, there was some point in episode one um, during like the waterfall scene where I, I used like a, I, I used the track called uh, space room. Yep. I think. And um, it's a nice little track composed by Julius Dobosh for um, like the early Majin Buu era. Um, but it didn't quite fit. It didn't quite work. And Rakeem thankfully pointed out, and I say this all the time to, to the team, because we're a collaborative effort. If you ever find any track that doesn't fit or doesn't quite work, or you'd rather write something original, tell me. Let me know. I'll never say no to writing something brand new for the episode.
0: Mm. Oh. So the rest of you guys, when you when you're composing an original piece, how long does that take you, roughly, give or take? How mm. many how many um, iterations of that same theme will you do over and over, or or will uh, Marcelo be like, nah, do it again? sometimes you will yeah yeah
2: (laughs) but for me i would say it takes depending on what the piece is asking for so if it's a completely original track that's like between one and two or one and infinity amount of minutes you have to like try out some different things and then we'll go back in and be like, "Marcelo, how does this basic arrangement sound? Before we start adding like little sprinkles to it. Mm. And then he'll be like, Oh, well, I like this. Can you change this or make this longer or take this out? It's too much. And so it's a, it's a process. You just keep going back to it until everybody's satisfied. Right.
1: Some tracks can definitely take longer than others. Uh, there's some tracks that just work like that. And then some tracks we could spend weeks trying to get right.
0: Can you give me an example?
1: Um, well, I don't want to speak for Rakim, but I know uh, he's had to write five different tracks for Raditz um over this process and i know he he the hardest was the first one when he really had to to kind of create a musical identity for raditz Um, and he found a lot of really great sounds and we loved the result he came up with but you know he really had to invent reinvent raditz there so that took him probably a little while Um, and then there's there's a faster action track for raditz that I thought it would have, would have taken him longer. It took him like two days to write that, that one. And I was like, What well, you're already done. So it it, it it depends it's different for other people.
0: Hmm. So Rakeem, longest, sorry, I'm what sorry. were you going to say, Joe? The
3: longest thing that I think we've all found is we have so many sounds from the show that picking the sound takes the longest, figuring out which ones you want to use, which ones work together best. Um, so I did a track in episode three that is when Goku and Piccolo arrive on the battlefield to fight Raditz. That one, I knew exactly what sounds I was going to use going in because of the lead up to it. I wrote that in maybe three hours total. Other sub that are shorter than that one, that one's about 45 seconds. Other tracks have taken me a week and a half because you spend a lot of time playing with different sounds, different arrangements, different combinations of sounds until you figure out, okay, these work together, these work together. And then, you know it, 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 it's such a process to nail down which of these sounds because there's so many cool sounds that we've identified and then being able to identify okay which ones can you use that still have that early dbz feel that you're not getting into the boo era with some of these or you're using them in a way that's unique that's like the coolest way of composing some of these tracks is just letting the sounds make the music letting the sounds direct the music and then it, you get a much more organic much more natural result
4: uh-huh.
0: That's interesting, interesting stuff. So can you give me a a bit of a breakdown in, in terms of the, the main Reddit theme? how, how your approach was to that Rakeem? Um, yeah, sure. So that track
2: actually didn't happen first. The first one was the, the slow one, the slow alien, like one that's in near the beginning of episode one. Yeah. It's like he's still in the space pod and he's flying through space. That whole thing, it's real short, but that one came first and the original idea for that one was kind of like the basis for the main Reddit theme. The dum dum doom, dum 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 I had that oh. in the slow theme at first. And yeah. so Marcelo was like, can we change this whole thing (laughs) not in a bad way he he liked the the theme part of it but he didn't want it for that track and so i was like okay i'm i'm still gonna use this as Reddit's riff i guess and Walking right. all over the board. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so I use that. I changed the original slow theme to something else. And then that's basically the basis for all the other Raditz themes. Or like the fast one, I took like just the choir section of the Raditz main theme. And then made that into another reddit theme but they all connect in some kind of way right with the main riff being the
0: major theme so any of reddit's stuff did you do pretty much rakeem even say uh so you might take an original track so i know i heard mm. the face-off theme the dun 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 and then to be the kind of like a, a choir over the top of it i think in episode that is it two yep. three.
3: Oh, three
0: that was three sorry yeah that was joe, Brian that was actually that joe. Mm-hmm. nice so how'd that how'd that come about joe uh
3: we had that we had a version of that face-off theme it was the piccolo and silver uh iteration of it and we discussed Doing a different version, something that's more uh, consistent with what we're doing for the Sand Saga. One of the biggest th- things we're trying to stick with is thematic consistency within the Sand Saga. That involves using that choir that you heard um, as sort of a tribute to the Wasserman Ocean Dub soundtrack, because um, there's a lot of dark, deep male choir stuff in that. So we're sort of trying to reference that a little bit. And we just talked about, hey, let's let's do a new original. Fa- it, I called it Face Off Rabbits, and you know that was how we did it just implementing those different sounds that are elements from the raditz theme because i used what rakim wrote and just took pieces of it and then layered that in with the existing face-off theme minus the pickle and cell stuff
0: right and how long did that take to to do
3: that was probably a couple of days and i know i sent Marcelo a one that had more stuff and he told me dial it back a little bit and so i dialed it back a little bit and then um the The general process with stuff like that the, those we refer to as embellishments which is where you're layering something onto an existing track and that could be something as detailed as that or just a couple little silly notes over gohan looking all four directions before falling in episode one yeah um so with stuff like that i'll usually or one, one of us will usually send him various pieces and then as the editor he'll look through it and say okay I, this works here maybe we don't need this part here you can pull that off so it's a really collaborative effort we talk about it and whether you want to really make the case for this should be here versus eh, you're probably right it doesn't need to be there but it's a teamwork type of thing
0: because mm. obviously you guys will be incorporating a lot of the music from say the the freezer saga uh in the Saiyan Saga and especially during the Namek saga whenever that happens. But not all of that stuff is rippable, right, from the episodes because of the way the 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 Blu-ray or how it's structured in terms of the sound mix. So you'd have to create some of that stuff from scratch. Either now or when hey, the time comes. I, yeah. Yeah.
1: Occasionally yeah. Um in episode three, oh that was a whole that was a whole project for like a week. Uh, In episode three, there is one cue we use, which is um, a a painstaking recreation we made from um, episode, I think like 119, freezes Counter-Attack. 118. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's a small little section where where Gohan uh, like attacks Mr. Shu. And then in the TV version, they play like a a riff of the main DBZ theme and uh, it's not available on the Blu-ray. So what we did was we found the highest quality uh, clips we could. And Joe and I worked together on this where he recreated it painstakingly. Whereas I sort of served as quality control where I was like, okay, those drums need to be a little bit heavier. This is slightly missed time. Uh, You need to mix the space voices a little bit higher, et cetera, et cetera. Like you need, I was just serving as quality control to make sure it was like accurate because um, one, we wanted to recreate that because we just wanted to have it. And two, we realized like hey this really works for this scene uh let's edit it here like um that whole section was entirely joe
0: oh wow okay and how much how much back and forth was this were you doing this via email f- phone call like <laughs> i mean ch- uh, chatting mostly messenger but mostly
3: messenger but i would i emailed him like the wave version so he would have it and i think that when we got up to like version 17 or 18 before we finally said <laughs> okay we're done this is good <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: Tiny little
3: things. A lot of little
1: tricks and and things were used to make sure it's it was like one to one.
0: Yeah, yeah. So uh, Nick, what what's some of the stuff that you've worked on so far since you on um, this project? Because you're the, you're the new guy.
4: Yeah. I uh, till now I I see it as I only make uh, um, one complete song. Uh, it's uh, Goku's Kamehameha. I don't know if you uh, heard or seen it.
0: I probably haven't um,
4: yet, but I'm sure I will at some point. I was I was also busy with a Reddit story, but I had a lot of trouble with that. I I just did not feel it somehow. And I was like, I every day I was like, I listened to it and I'm, no, this has to change. That has to change. So, um, yeah, Joe helped me a lot with that. He made the track and finished the track like in a few hours, I think. So then I was, oh, okay. That's good. <laughs>
0: So has there been any arguments among the the musicians in terms of who wants to do a specific scene, score to a yes. specific scene? Like, no, I yeah. want to do it. No, I want to do it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, a few times. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, and who wins, Who was the argument? Or do you just decide for them, Marcelo?
1: Um, I mean, usually I let them do whatever they want. Uh, like, like I said, like you'll have these jobs assigned, and then. Uh you know, so there's some things like like Rakeem really wants to do and some things Joe really wants to do. Um and so like maybe they'll trade off or like okay, you can have this Vegeta theme if I can have this Goku theme. Um uh, but it's like I said, they're both y'all are all extremely talented composers, so I'm not gonna argue uh or try and fuddle that enthusiasm
2: mm. to try
1: and like get something out of you creatively. I would say if you both if Two composers wanted to do one scene um but one of them really had like a feel for the scene or has a really good idea of what they want to do like they have a clear vision for it i'd say like all right you give it a shot then um and if they struggle with it like there's we always help each other out too like sometimes um uh some composers suggest sounds to use for other composers like, hey, this is a really creepy sound. Check sound bank 119 or something, uh, you know. So there, there really is a lot of collaboration. Uh, rarely any actual fighting over a scene.
0: Well, that's good. Because there's,
1: there's so many scenes to do. Like, it, it doesn't even, like, matter. We all just want a complete episode.
0: Yeah. Because how many, I mean, because you guys, what, would pretty much have the entire sound bank of all the samples used at this point, on the on the score i would Pretty assume close. how many how many are there a lot Hun- yeah
4: <laughs> easily 100 over 100 a hundred? Over um, oh, more, oh, more
0: far beyond yeah so <laughs> if you're trying to compose a piece i mean are you sitting there going through the sound bank one by one no that sample doesn't Sometimes. work no i'll try i'll try this one nope next one nope <laughs> Uh, they do have. We do have a um, a Google Doc that
1: documents a lot of uh, familiar DBZ sounds that we have. Uh, that uh, catalog tell some tracks they're used in. Um, for Joe, Rakim, and Nick, they they've like they probably like have heard some of these sounds so many times they just like know what'll work and what won't work. But there we do document them and try and like keep a, a small record. Uh, just like to go to for different sounds we want to use. And it helps for me too, as an editor. Um, Whenever I want them to, to, to adjust a track or tweak something, I'm like, Hey, would it work better if you guys use nosepad here or, you know, you use 303 WOMB, they have really weird (laughs) names.
3: Um, 303MW, let's get this right.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So it, it helps for me too when, when I want to make suggestions for tweaks and they're like, hey, this sound might work better, or you should mix this specific sound a little quieter. Um, it just helps us all to know the different sounds. And that that document that I put together, it really helps me.
4: Mm.
0: So how much of a mission was it to find all the samples? On a scale of one to 10, <laughs> in difficulty, where would it sit? <laughs>
1: He talked to Rakim. This uh, he has done the bulk majority of
2: that. Uh, it took a long, long time. Months, <laughs> years. Like what? Some we, of us have we... been. I think we've all been searching for years, actually.
4: Some wow. some
2: sounds were super hard to find, and then some
0: were like just there. Wow. Is there, is there one in particular that was just like, oh, my god, what is this sample? How do I find it?
1: <laughs> the Marcella? <answer> yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. There is one particular sound that uh, was easily the most difficult to find and probably the most important sound uh, in the Dragon Ball Z sort of like mm. sound library um, mm. because you hear it all the time in the show. Uh, You've all, if you're familiar with DBZ, you've heard it before, and it's in your brain, but you might not recognize it. Um, and it's a it's a it's a nice little choir sound that's that's used in pretty much every single track, uh, and we call it space voices. Hmm. Um, it has a much it has the real name is much funkier, um, but we just call it space voices. Um, and we we struggled for months to find that sound. Um, it was a like a like a miracle, like finding a, a breadcrumb in the ocean that we, we actually managed to get our hands on it because we we spent the better part of six months trying to get our hands on that sound.
0: So was there a celebration uh-huh. online with all you guys when, when that happened?
1: I certainly celebrated. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we <laughs> definitely true. did. <laughs> it, it was like, all of a sudden, the gates opened and this was all possible as soon as we had space voices.
4: Mm. <laughs>
3: And the really? thing about it is there's so many samples that you would think you can get a sound font for. It's like I am i was 13 when DBZ first aired with the Faulkner score. So I have been looking for a lot of these sounds for the better part of 10 years now. Like when I was in college, I started looking for these thinking, oh, I could find sound fonts because I heard that term and thought magically that's what it was. It is not. That particular choir cannot be accurately replicated with any type of sound font. There isn't a sound font out there for it that you're going to find. It just doesn't exist, period but you need to use the hardware synth. And it's very consistent with all the other stuff that was used to make the score. The Elises keyboard, the QS6, that thing, there are sound fonts out there similar to it, but you cannot do these sounds without the hardware. And that's, I think the biggest thing I learned is that this project isn't just about knowing how to compose the music or knowing how DBZ sounds. It's about willing, willingness to put the financial resources into buying a lot of junk and having a very understanding spouse to be able to bring all this junk <laughs> into your house and put it all together and then figure out how it works. And frankly, I have, to, for my part, and I think Nick would say the same, Rakeem is the one who got us going with this. Like I, I've been composing stuff using core gadget and other just like digital uh, uh, samplers and stuff, but I hadn't really worked too much with hardware since. I had no clue what I was doing and he got me going with this. Same for Nick, we got him going with this just recently. he's been instrumental to this
0: so were you doing like video calls and rakeem would show you guys exactly how to use the hardware like that or was it was it more through messenger and email
1: we've only done a handful of video calls actually Um, okay 90 percent of all our discussion has been in a a group chat um where we can send samples and sounds to each other and like how does this sound and like "Mm, tweak this or something, you know, because uh, we can send demos and sounds to each other. There's just thousands and thousands of, of short videos and audio clips in our group chat through various discussions about different sounds that we for scenes that we want to make work.
0: Hmm. Well, this might be a good. Yeah, um, sec- Sorry, what were you going to say, Nick?
4: Rakim and Joe also helped me set up uh, um, the QS6 with the interface and all because I had a lot of trouble making it work. It did not work in my DAW. Um, so now it does. So yeah, uh, we were video calling by that. Yeah, in the middle of the night in my time and like <laughs> early in the morning, but it worked eventually. So
0: was it a, yeah. a small was it a small little technical thing something minor that you overlooked when it didn't work in your in your door yeah
4: yeah it was i i think it was just uh, uh something in the settings in, uh, in the in DA, the DAW. yeah
0: yeah that's usually how it works right the most simplest thing <laughs> yeah. that's been overlooked that you spend hours on days on trying to fix and it's something that's right there but there's
3: uh, also the reality that we're working with 90s era synthesizers and you don't go on yep. YouTube and find a walkthrough on how to do this stuff. That's right. So, like, Rakeem and I, I think, have delved into weird forums trying to find, like, how to use the software and even then you don't always get the right answer and it's just been putting the two heads together and figuring it out.
0: Wow. Well, that's a, that's a good segue actually into the the samples. Uh, so I think Rakeem and Joe, you're going to play some of the iconic samples uh, of, of the show. I mean, there's so many iconic samples. We'd be here forever if you did all of them, but uh, you'll do a few. Uh, yeah, maybe just take me through some of them and how, how they're played, how they're supposed to be played or how the, the original team played them to get the certain sound that they, they did.
3: Rikini, you want to start or you want me to start? Um, you can start. All right. How about I hit the, the, what we call the Z guitar? Um, that one's probably got one of the more interesting stories behind it. The Z guitar, as we call it, is something, it's a distortion guitar from a synthesizer called the Roland U-20, which was released in the early 90s, I believe. Um, the version that was used in the show is not from that synthesizer. It is a sampler from a CD called Guitar and Bass that Roland put out to be used with its S750, 760, and 770 series in the mid nineties. And so the version that we use is the version from that sampler disc. Um, It's one of the sounds that you can't accurately replicate if you're going to do um, something like try and sample it from the CDs, for instance, because it plays different chords depending on the note that you're hitting. So I'll play a little sample of it here and I'll play it live to the best of my ability. And this is uh, actually an unreleased version of the DBZ theme for episode 73. So if you listen carefully, you can kind of hear how it changes. It's not just going up the scale of the chord because it's it's a power chord. And so it it is a chord every time you hit the key.
0: Ah, that's interesting. Right. So how long did that actually take you to work out? Uh, That sound actually...
3: That's I forget how long we've had that. I I mean, we've had that. I had that sample before I hooked up with these guys, but didn't have the hardware to use it. So I had a sound font that was very, very close. But uh, for our purposes, just on the off chance, any of the notes sound a little different. I always use the sampler. And that's something that Rakeem showed me is how to, you know, that's one of the samplers that he taught me how to use. So I could 100% one-to-one accurately use the right sound that is the show sound.
0: Mm, That's cool cool so uh what's what's next on the uh the sample library the iconic sample library
3: anyway, i'll do the other one rakeem and you can go ahead this one's called liquid stack it's probably we're gonna, we gonna
1: do a liquid stack.
3: yeah <laughs> we're doing a liquid stack liquid stack is a dong sound and i can't even begin to do it justice i'll just play it and here you go And so you hear that all the time throughout the series. And it's also sometimes used on the higher sounds. And uh, it's used all throughout up and down the scale, and they use it mostly for transitions or for like an impact. And a lot of things, one thing you don't notice unless you really study the series, is that that sound, the low one, is often paired with a kick drum. And so you get not just that dong, but you get a forceful little kick drum under it that really emphasizes whatever the moment is that they're trying to emphasize.
0: Ah. Cause it's usually from what I remember, that note is usually just one note. Almost like a drone note. Sometimes a lot when, of times. when it's played, yeah. Oops, wrong note. Let me try that again.
3: That's one of the Frieza motifs. Mm. And that's paired with something called, um, oh gosh, what's the name of that one? Became Help me out here. Blade Runner. It's played with, paired with Blade Runner, which is the main Frieza synth sound from the elises QS6. Oh my gosh! And speaking gosh.
2: of, I have that here.
3: Awesome. <laughs> Perfect transition.
2: <laughs> if you can hear this. That's, that's Blade Runner Yeah, used for Frieza, among yep. some other stuff, but mostly for Frieza.
0: That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I suppose you'll be very uh, much looking forward to doing the Namek Saga so you can go wild with that. <laughs> well, Where since the they? beginning,
2: <laughs> that's what I think we've all been excited for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Since the start. (laughs) Here's one from the Namek saga that you might recognize. Sorry.
4: Oh, yeah. It's
1: that running water sound
4: Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) used in a lot of Namek stuff. It's called Dreamscape
0: so is that so when you just hold the note is that what plays it's just that one Mm -hmm. note yeah
2: yeah you can switch it up
4: wow beautiful sound
2: yeah yeah Here's one of my favorites. High Gliss. <laughs> and it's all the way up here. Yeah. For me, I use it in, like, everything. I sneak it in there.
1: It's a great so, sound.
0: Is it? Is it? so were you actually playing that or was that another one yeah. that's just one note It's just oh no you it,
2: it sounds like
4: yep. <laughs>
0: you can just
2: <laughs> you can play around with it it's not one thing we could write something creepy with that Mm-hmm. No,
3: it can be used
2: like, creepy like, music. in a lot of different ways <clears throat> Marcelo has never t- t- told me to take it out just yet (laughs) that's
1: true i i uh i have a a small stipulation where i i don't want to overuse namek era sounds for the saiyan saga i occasionally use them they're fine to occasionally use but i want them in moderation because we want namek to sound like namek not earth to sound like namek
4: yeah
0: well that's that's fair enough as well it's got to have its own music identity because if, if, yeah. the, if the guys were scoring it, they probably would have done that. Because obviously Boo sounds very different. I mean, even iterations of Boo sound very different. And Sal, uh, Android, so forth. So, yeah. Which reminds me, actually. Uh, there was one episode where I heard the destruction theme. And there was something over the top of it. And it was very, very well done. But I'm not sure who, which one of you guys did it. Is that episode five? Yes. Yeah, that's
3: when when Raditz or when Piccolo kills Goku and Raditz. That was me. Yeah,
0: that,
3: that was a choir. That's actually the choir from uh, Frieza is beaten, um, and it's used as our our hero choir. Um, so it was used there to for both Goku getting hit and Raditz getting hit, and also just to you know give it that extra energy.
0: <laughs> ah, hey. This episode of Kiwi Talks is brought to you by Manscaped, who offer precision engineering tools for your family jewels. And I'm here to talk to you about the Performance Package 4.0. Voila! Let's detail these items quickly. So, we have the Lawnmower 4.0. Basically, if your missus tells you to shave anything below the neck area, that's what this is for. You can use it for your groin, your arms, your back, your backside crack, doesn't matter. This is a well optimized trimmer and it reduces ingrown hairs. This is amazing. And, when you get out of the shower, you might want to use these two items here, the Crop Reserver, which is like a nice little cream for your family jewels, and follow it up with the Crop Reviver, nice little deodorant for it. Amazing products. And on top of that, with this package, you get some boxer shorts, which helps increase your manhood, you know, and a travel bag as well, so you can put all these goodies in there, just to keep everything cleaner. So. I'm happy to announce this exclusive offer go to manscaped.com and use the code kiwitalks for 20% off plus free shipping yeah but in terms of guitar stuff uh what's what's going to be the approach for that i mean can any of you guys play guitar i play i can't you're just a jack of all trades aren't you rakeen
2: but i don't play like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's really good <laughs> Let's get one thing straight here. (laughs) (laughs) I
1: guess it can't all be Scott Morgan.
4: No.
3: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. There's a track in episode four uh, that I I worked on where Raditz is about to use what the dub refers to as his double Sunday. We prefer keep your eye on the birdie. Um, And that one, I put in a synth guitar. And this is actually, somebody asked us on YouTube, are we going to be sticking only with the Faulkner sounds? And the answer is like 90, 95% yes. This is a case where we went a little bit past that um, and used another synthesizer. I used a Roland JV 1080. Um, significantly, the ones we're using are contemporary with the Faulkner era stuff. So, this is, I'm not pulling something from 2020, 2018, or whatever. This is a, I forget what, what year years released, 97, 96, but something from then, and we're incorporating that. So, I found this guitar sound that has the right balance of real and clearly synth but is also it works really well harmoniously with the faulkner sounds to be able to emulate a guitar sound because i cannot play guitar i would hurt myself
0: <laughs> <laughs> good to good to know
3: <laughs>
0: so, so it
1: uh, does sound borderline authentic though it's a really good track you put together um, there's a nice little guitar rip at the end that uh, I don't know. It it feels very, uh, it feels very Scott Morgan-ish.
3: It does. And fun fact, it's the same guitar, a guitar that was used in the Mega Man X4 soundtrack. That synthesizer was used to make the soundtrack for Mega Man X4. Uh, and it has all or most of the sounds from that game on it, which is why I was very interested in getting that. Mm.
0: We call it the zero guitar. You know, that's not what it's really called. So do you give nicknames to all of the samples?
3: Well, that one in particular, its actual name is even cooler. It's Rock Your Socks. Uh, but the we called it the Zero Guitar just because Marcel and I are big Mega Man fans. And so we knew that if you if you ask for the Zero Guitar, he and I both know what we're talking about. But yeah, we get a lot of nicknames to samples because uh, they have some weird names. The people who name these things are really creative.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Definitely, I very much agree. I've seen some sound banks and I'm thinking, are you trolling with this with this name? <laughs> like... <laughs> Space so...
1: voices itself is a nickname.
0: What's that? Mm-hmm.
3: Sorry. So
1: Space voices itself is a nickname. That's not actually what it's called. It's something more
0: confusing, but we just call it Space Voices. Is that so you can remember it easier? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah.
3: We don't want to write these names out half the time. It takes forever because some of them are really bizarre. They know they're not like spelled normally, and it's just like why bother? You don't even know what I'm talking about anyway. Here's face <laughs> Voices.
1: <laughs> I actually, I actually have no idea. What is the Reddit's guitar uh, actually called?
3: Pedrokey. Uh,
2: you. it's Halo Control something.
3: Halo Control. Halo Control. Yeah.
1: Well, we've always just called it the red guitar, though.
0: But yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's what. Well, yeah, I mean that's easier to remember than Halo Control. You say Halo Control, and I immediately think of Halo. I don't think yeah. of <laughs> I don't think of Dragon Ball Z at all. Yeah.
3: <laughs> the sound on the sound bank right below that one is uh, still within the Halo Control bank. Like you know how my keyboard and a synthesizer. You might get a different sound on the low keys than you do on the higher ones. That's one of the ones where if you hold a key down for like C3, for instance, you get this really beautiful acoustic guitar sound. And then you go up a couple and you get this hardcore like reverb metal guitar, which is what we're using, (laughs) but it's all in the same thing. Ah,
0: this is such fascinating stuff. (laughs) So are you guys planning on doing different iterations of pretty much all the main character themes? So obviously Goku, Vegeta, even, you know, Frieza, the Ginyu force.
1: Um yeah, it mostly the number one priority is basically what the episode calls for. Um because it's like like there's a there's been a lot of uh, this was a conversation a while ago, but there was some talk about like giving krillin a theme um and we can still do that but there really aren't too many like scenes where it's like oh yeah krillin's theme belongs like krillin doesn't really have a theme in the show uh he has some leitmotifs he has some familiar sounds um he uses silver tone a lot for his uh guitar like his beach guitar is what i call it it's Hmm. called silver tone but but i call it the beach guitar um and that's often used for krillin and we do do that but uh as far as giving him a full-blown theme that, um, uh, it depends if the show calls for it, honestly.
0: Right. Right. Cause like, say for example, the Ginyu Force, the amount of iterations on that theme, obviously when Mike first composed for it, he did like so many different iterations of that just within that small block. I mean, obviously that will be right near the end of the project. So I don't know if you guys have even discussed it, but, um, I mean, would you even need to do another iteration of it?
1: Oh yeah, uh, and there, like it's like I said, it's it's way down the line. And um, like as as the editor, I want to focus on the here and now. Like, hey, this is what we need to be worried about. But we are all very excited to get to the Guinea Force at the very end. Mm, uh, mm. Uh, and they do want to. They they love the Guinea Force. I love the Guinea Force. Team. They're probably gonna write a hundred different iterations. Those last six episodes are probably gonna be like.
0: 85 percent gini force theme yeah yep i I can imagine (laughs) so (laughs) and um because obviously there's certain themes that you can't use so vegeta has a ridiculous amount of themes um but most of them you won't be able to use because you know they apply to whether it's margin vegeta or super saiyan vegeta so that really kind of only leaves leaves uh hell's bells doesn't it and, then and maybe...
3: Vegeta, uh, Vegeta powers up,
0: and oh, Vegeta right. angry Just...
3: from uh, sixty or from seventy six, five. Yeah,
0: seventy five. So has there been discussions about like, okay, these are the only two themes that we can use, and how many new cre- uh, themes are you going to create? Uh,
1: yeah, we we have had uh, talks about that actually. Um, so because we're we're kind of limited to what we can use we we decided um to write vegeta a new theme that debuts in episode five because in this arc it's, it's like sort of the same thing with piccolo too where in this arc vegeta is a villain he's not he's not an anti-hero at all he's just a straight up villain so we wrote a an evil theme for him it's the same with piccolo where you know, he has his theme uh, on the CD. It's called A Little Help From a Friend. Mm. But Piccolo's not a friend. Um, so we kind of had to mold a different sound direction for him um, that pays tribute to that. But he—he's not going. we're not going to use that theme for him until a certain point in the show uh, where we sort of change direction for his character because that's what happens to
4: him. Mm. It won't fit now.
1: Yeah, it wouldn't work.
0: Yeah, yeah, because he's he's very much well, he's kind of still a villain until, or an anti-hero, I suppose, until he's a full-grown hero, which doesn't happen till much later. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense. So, is there any particular character themes that were the hardest to write for, or you think will be the hardest to write for? Uh,
1: we did struggle a lot for, with Reddits, didn't we? Um... We, mm. we had to write like five or six different themes for Raditz, and that was all
2: routine, of course. Mm. Mm. I would say, out of all the themes, Raditz will probably always be the one that gave me the most trouble. It should only get easier,
0: yeah. Well, he's only in five episodes as well, right? So you'll only hear it in five episodes, and then that's it. Well, then he's yeah. back in like yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: We we phase we phase out Raditz's theme. We phase out Raditz's guitar. Um, there is a, a filler episode, uh, episode ten or eleven, where Vegeta and Nappa go to a bug planet.
0: Um, <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
1: and, and, and we use a couple of his his slightly less associated. Theme. We don't use his main theme, but we do use some of his other themes just because it has the evil
0: saiyan alien affiliation hmm. so are you planning to do a theme for napa as well or is Nappa kind of coming under the whole evil vegeta theme uh,
1: th- we've had talk for Nappa, uh, especially joe joe's excited to get to napa
0: <laughs> napa actually has
3: uh at one very specific moment in episode 104 there's a flashback scene and vegeta Nappa, and rads are talking to frieza and frieza's Like criticizing him for not being fast enough blowing up the planet or something. There is a baseline that is used there that Mike wrote. And I'm looking forward to incorporating that and going full-blown WWE with it and making it just like a really metal theme. But still using something that originally came from the series and that way we can pay tribute to that. That's the only only time NAPA ever has any type of musical affiliation whatsoever. And it's arguably not even a NAPA theme. It's just that's what mike did for that scene he wasn't making a theme for a character who's long since dead but we could still use that it's really it, it works for the character and so trying to think about things in that context what would serve as a good this was the season one thing season three was the callback to what they did in season one and trying to think of it that way we can incorporate stuff differently that way
0: right so did you go out of your own way to find that or Did Marcelo tell you to look for inspiration or how did did that even, how did you even reach that point? That's all Joe.
3: (laughs) I'm a huge Faulkner uh, Productions music nerd, so I've known a lot of this stuff for years and years, like going back to 99. But that one in particular was because uh, Marcelo was ripping late Frieza stuff. And I was helping with some of it and that particular sequence is not rippable from the Blu-ray because of the reverb from the free, uh, the voices because they're in a, a flashback plus being freeze the ship so there's a lot of echo. And so that was another track that I deconstructed and then reconstructed one to one using the original sounds very carefully. 15 plus iterations later we got it um but that's also how i noticed what that was because nobody pays attention to that stuff in that level of granularity until you're doing this type of thing and then you suddenly notice it and it's like oh hey that's really cool
0: all oh, right and there must be certain episodes where you're editing Marcelo, and say king kai shows up and the same theme will probably play there as it did in the freezer saga like all the time like whenever King Kai was in the Frieza saga, it would always be that same theme that played every single time almost. So will that be the same case? I mean, are you editing and then you're like, oh, yep, King Kai here. Oh, another King Kai mm-hmm. scene. Oh, I'll just chuck King Kai here again.
1: So there's actually been, I've, I've thought a lot, there's a lot of thought that went into how I'm going to handle the King Kai episodes. Um, there's only uh, really three of them. Um more like two and a half but they're like whole episodes that take place on king kai's planet so i kept thinking to myself i'm like well i'm not going to play king kai's theme for 20 minutes uh, <laughs> uh, so uh plus i i know that's when goku gets to king kai that's kind of the point in this in this where the story picks up again because he just had 15 episodes of filler so i already know my like like Joe and Rakeem and Nick are gonna be antsy to get their hands on those episodes. Like they're gonna be tired of scoring filler. This is an actually important episode. So what I'm careful to do is I'm I I use King Kai's theme sparingly and carefully in the right moments. Um and I try and use it with comedic timing to some effect. Um, so I I just carefully sprinkle it here and there, and then like try and cleverly throw in a new theme without it feeling unnatural. So no, the episode's not going to be 20 straight minutes of King Kai's. Kai's. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be very careful and put a lot of thought into how I use it um, for the scene.
0: But there must be times from an editing standpoint where you'll see an episode and a specific scene and you'll know exactly what music to use straight away. Like a flashback, yes. flashback sequence, pretty much flashback music, right? So you'll be like, yep, that goes there
1: oh yeah uh definitely and there's and there's even like some moments where i'll be like okay i know this has to go here uh this has got to go here like just in my brain i know this is what's gonna work
0: Mm. Uh, i don't know so has this given you an appreciation of what the original composers had to do in terms of composing because they had ridiculously strict deadlines when they were doing it right oh absolutely Mm
2: -hmm.
0: yeah and i i assume you guys are all working full-time jobs while doing this on the side um so it would be pretty pretty hardcore in terms of the the workload for you guys i'm sure yeah especially for these guys yeah no burnout yet i hope <laughs> not yet not yet not yet No.
1: We- I I keep suggesting we take it, like, maybe a short break after the first five, and then we should definitely take, like, a small hiatus after episode 20 before we get to the actual Saiyan battle. Like I said, we we should take small, short breaks, um, but it it is good not to have creative burnout. We're all very excited to get to the good stuff, Mm. but we also want to take our time.
0: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, you don't want to rush anything, so that makes sense. Yeah. So do you guys all help, like, say, in terms of, like, the musicians, if one person is feeling burned out or they've got a lot of, a lot of stuff on, does someone else pick up the slack?
3: Yeah, well, like, Nick just sort of referenced this. He was working on a, a flashback track from episode two with Raditz telling about, like, how the stands go to other planets and uh, conquer them and sell them in the market. And he had been struggling for that. I had very recently acquired... Uh, Kurzweil K2500R, which is a a synthesizer that Scott Morgan used. Hmm. And that particular thing has a lot of spacey sounds. And he mentioned about how I picked up what he, he had given me a really good base and a really good foundation to work with off of that. I took what he did and I called it cheating because I just happened to have access to a massive array of spacey sounds that he simply did not have in his possession at the time. And so Because I had all those sounds, I didn't even really have to think about too many different options. It's just, they sort of told me what to use because of their existence. And so I was able to put them together with the stuff that he did and create that track. So that was, I consider that one a very collaborative effort where, you know, we helped each other out and teamwork got to the end with a really good track.
0: Mm. With with Vegeta's theme, what is the actual, do you know, because it's mainly two instruments that are used, isn't it? The original Z, uh, Vegeta theme? Yeah, yeah. How many instruments? It's, I mean, because you'd be able to work out how many different instruments are used. It's from what a, I it's, remember, it's like two or three or something. It's like so it's, a, it's seven, the name...
2: What would you say, Ricky? Sorry, I was just like... I was just saying it was like seven or so. Yeah, it's
3: it's in that range. There's there's a string, a, a, a synth a string called Dream Strings uh, from the elises QS6. And it's actually not the... The preset version the, the, the keyboard has a bunch of preset sa- sounds on it and then it has a mod wheel. for this particular keyboard you turn the mod wheel all the way upward at varying levels of up and you get different sounds that's one of the ones you couldn't accurately replicate with the sound font because of that right that particular theme has the mod wheel turned all the way up for the strings at the very end um the beginning is the u20 the z guitar and um obviously the bell the, the tubular bell in there throughout the chorus and the and the drums, and I know there's at least one or two other instruments in there. But the strings are in there throughout. You just don't really notice them. I noticed. I know this because just I worked on the Evil Vegeta theme and was referencing that just for some sounds. And so I mentally had to pick that one apart and figure out what all those sounds were in order to utilize them differently for something else.
1: I was not aware Dream Strings was in Vegeta's theme.
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's the whole ending. That's the entire end of it. Surprise yeah
0: <laughs> i didn't know that yep because how long does huh. it take you if you're if you're looking at a track i mean because rakeem i know you've remade a lot of dbz uh songs do you go and try and isolate every single instrument that's being used in my mind <laughs> yeah yes. yes i do it takes a long time i'm sure It's very hard It should get easier because apparently, uh, I'm not sure if you guys know, but Peter Jackson created this new technology to do this Beatles documentary where you can use some sort of program or algorithm and it isolates all the audio, every single layer within an MP3 or some sort of song. So that might make it easier. Maybe it'll become readily available as time goes on. Uh, to make stuff easier for you guys, maybe, if you're making reference. We do like occasionally Lala. use something
1: like that.
3: Yeah, like uh, yeah. whatever. It's called lala.ai. AI, yeah, AI or something. <laughs> a similar software. And we've used that to isolate certain sounds, not that they're necessarily then going to be used as samples, although we could in certain instances, limited instances, <clears throat> excuse me. But that then allows us to, OK, Hearing this by itself, now I know what this is. Uh, That's how we figured out that there was a a kick drum under liquid stack half the time, because you don't hear it. And then the second you do, the second you just tell it, what is this? Where are the drums in this track? And it plays a kick drum. It's like, oh my goodness, that was there the whole time, didn't know it. So that type of technology has been extremely helpful to us in identifying stuff and then using the original original sounds from our sound banks.
0: Because how much time do you guys spend on the mixing part? before you send it to marcello
3: depends on the track right Mm
0: -hmm. yeah well because if there's if there's i mean this can happen but obviously if a track has a ridiculous amount of layers sometimes it can make the mixing quite hard and it can be quite muddy if they hit the same frequency range so then you have to lower stuff like really down in the mix quite dramatically don't you so how long do you guys roughly spend on mixing because I'm, i imagine it would be different between all three of you and you'd all have three different styles of mixing which you'd have to try and get and sound the same i suppose mm-hmm.
1: I like yeah for like i know it all depends on the track uh because i know Joe has one track in particular in episode three, which, uh, just call like the military strategy track. Um, and, uh, we personally both love that track. That's one of my top five favorite, uh, of the new stuff that we've written. And it, that took like over a week to finally like get mixed correctly because there's just a lot of different like marching band instruments that, uh, some of them sounded too loud and we had to account for how it would sound when you know characters are talking in the actual episode mm. um a lot of a lot of trouble finding the right horns just to to get it in and then when the horns were in they're like oh can you lower them you know uh, and a lot of there was so much mixing to do uh there's like one part where like a liquid stack was too loud and I'm like okay we need to barely hear that liquid stack you know a lot of a lot of different that was like that was Joe's. spent like a week on that at least
3: uh- that was a huge nuisance. And to, to mix that correctly, what I ended up doing was actually finding concert footage. It was a chrono trigger, chrono cross concert. And I looked very carefully at where people were sitting, what instruments were where, and basically just used that as a guide and put directed uh, pushed my instruments, you know, the the panning following that as the as the template. And as soon as I did that, it worked really well. It just had a couple little things to adjust after that. But for that type of track with that more military cadence to it, it turned out that just going with concert hall worked really well.
0: Wow, simple as that. Wow, (laughs) yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, uh, I'm gonna wrap up there. This has been amazing guys. Thank you so much for taking time out. Um, I imagine this would have been a mission I mean it's probably a mission for you guys just to all talk (laughs) at one time anyway so to arrange this is pretty difficult so thanks for all taking the time out so when is this being released what's the main way of people being able to listen to the to the music what's the best way of doing that where can they stay up to date with everything
1: Uh, Well, we have a YouTube channel. That's where we're going to be uploading everything. Uh, We're going to upload just the music mixes onto YouTube. Um, We're not going to obviously upload full episodes. No. But um, we'll we'll make sure everything is available that people uh, would want to see from the edit. We we try and post regular updates on a Facebook page. Um,
0: Well, hey, I I think I can speak for all uh, fans of the Falconer score that we really appreciate what you're doing. And understand, I mean, as an audio engineer myself and a musician, I understand the momentous task that it is. So it's much appreciated. Um, and <laughs> I hope that it it does a lot in terms of work possibilities maybe because it's a good thing to have on the resume, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, who, I, I suppose what what will happen afterwards once it's all done, moving on to another another anime who knows i don't know whatever you guys decide gt, GT. <laughs> do gt with the falconer score is, is that the plan <laughs> no. no super, super with a falconer score that's <laughs> a lifetime task right there yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need a yeah, lifetime I'll, I'll let someone else on the internet do that yeah yeah i think you need a much bigger team <laughs> <laughs> a second editor as well yeah (laughs) all right yeah cool all right well uh, that's the show everyone make sure you share like and subscribe and uh take care